Welcome back, everyone, to the Centerpoint Pentecostal Church podcast. We have some exciting news to share with you all today. The youth ministry of Centerpoint Pentecostal Church, Gravity Student Ministries, will now be releasing youth ministry episodes on the CPC podcast. If you are a young adult, teenager, or college student, and this is your first time on our podcast, we encourage you to click that follow button and turn on your notifications because you do not want to miss a single episode. We're going to be publishing messages from our midweek plugged in youth service, and these messages are powerful and engaging, and I have no doubt that they will bless you. So without any further ado, let's get into today's episode. I'm going to go ahead and get get started. I want to read a passage of scripture just to introduce to you what I want to preach on. And then we're going to go to a different passage of scripture and we're going to do a deep dive into that. But the first the 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 first passage we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 6. And this is just to introduce our title uh Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 10. Paul says uh, to, the, to the church in Ephesus, he says, this is, this is a very popular scripture. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Paul is saying that you not only need to be strong in the Lord, but you need to be strong in the knowledge of who the Lord is, in the power of His might. We do not have to fight this fight by ourselves. Jesus is the Almighty God. And if we have Him inside of us, He is strong enough to get us through every situation that we face. And so, tonight I want to preach on, if you never stop, you'll never lose. If you never stop, you'll never lose. So, why don't... We just pray one more time and ask God to move in this service. Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity to be here tonight. God, we, we thank you for the, the, the spirit that we feel right now. We thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost. God, I pray you would anoint me. I pray you would anoint this youth group tonight, God. Bless us, God, and speak to our hearts, speak to our minds. Use us for your kingdom, and let us not be ashamed to give you praise. Let us not be ashamed to love you, God, in every way that we can love you, because you deserve it. You deserve every ounce of praise that we have. And I want to thank you for what you're going to do in advance. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. And let's, let's, let's have our seat and, and let's kind of do a deep dive now. For tonight, I want to turn your attention to the story of Daniel. In the book of Daniel chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to Daniel. We're going to start chapter 1, verse 1. Amen. I'm excited to be here tonight. I'm happy to have all you here. I know God's going to move in this place. Amen. Okay, 
So we're going to start in verse number 1 in Daniel chapter 1. It says, In the third year of the reign of King of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. He attacked Jerusalem. King Neb, O King Neb, came to Jerusalem and he attacked it. And we're going to verse 2. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God. God delivered King Jehoiakim into the hands of King Nebuchadnezzar. He handed him over to the king, to a pagan king, along with furniture, pieces of items in the house of God. God allowed King Neb to take it from the house of God. Keep reading in verse number 2, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. Now, I'm going to stop right there, kind of expound on this. God gave, as I said, the king of Jerusalem over to the Babylonian king. Now, King Now, King Jehoiakim was the king of Judah. Now, as we know, Judah means praise, one of the most prized tribes in God's eyes. Probably God's favorite tribe in some aspects. So, why did God allow the king of Judah to be handed over to this king of Babylon? Sometimes we don't understand God's motives. Sometimes we don't understand why God does things that He does. Sometimes we can sit here and we can rack our brains about why we're going through something and we don't understand how God would allow that to happen to us. Why was this going to take place? Why did God allow the Babylonians to conquer the land of Jerusalem and their king is now in the hands of Nebuchadnezzar as well. But God had a plan. You see, everything that happens is for the glory of God. God is always 100 steps ahead of you and I. He always knows the end from the beginning. Everything in this world that you see out here, it could be bleak, it could be a problem in our eyes, but it's happening to the glory of God. Everything that God allows, somehow God's going to get the glory out of it. So if you're going through a trial, it's for the glory of God. Eventually, it's going to come to pass where you can step back and realize, hey, God put me through that for a reason. God, God, God put me in this harsh situation because God got the glory from it. And now I have a testimony that I can worship God for because I wasn't by myself. I wasn't by myself. Every trial in your life is for the glory of God. You're not in this situation for no reason. You're not in your problems without any motive. God singled you out personally to endure some tests in this world so that He can get the glory for it and that you can get the anointing from it. 
I'll say it one more time. God puts you in a trial so that the glory can go to Him, but the anointing can go to you. There is something that that comes out of a trial that you become stronger, you become more powerful, you become more anointed, and it's because you're going through something. If you never went through anything, you would never be anointed. Amen. So if you continue to read down in Daniel chapter 1 through chapter 5, I'm just going to paraphrase the king... Nebuchadnezzar desired for a few children of Israel who were knowledgeable and who could, who could help teach his people the ways of Judah. And the chosen children are listed in verse 6 as Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, later to be referred to as Belteshazzar, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And we know who those people are. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and we've heard that story growing up in Sunday school. But tonight I want to focus on Daniel. I want to focus on this man named Daniel. So let's go to Daniel chapter 6 now. Let's turn to Daniel chapter 6. We're going to start in verse number 2. Just a couple chapters later. It says, and over these sorry, and over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and the princes, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. He started to find favor in the eyes of the king. Verse four. Here's the kicker. Then the presidents and the princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Uh huh. You see, when God starts blessing you, sometimes people around you get, je- get jealous and envious of you. When God starts putting favor on your life, some people who you might call friends start not liking you as much. Because they say, well, why is, why is God favoring you? I'm a president. I'm a prince just like you are, Daniel. So why are you being placed over the realm? What's wrong with me? So instead of trying to figure out their own faults, I'm going to go try to find a fault with you. And I'm going to try to knock you down so I can take your place. And they try to find fault in Daniel and they try to destroy the blessings God has for him. And sometimes people in our lives might try to do the same thing. They try to find a fault in you and they try to destroy the blessings that God has for you. And usually it's the ones whose spirits aren't blessable. It's those people who cannot be blessed. Those people who are doing something wrong and God can't bless them. And so instead of, instead of getting their own spirit right, they come after the ones who do have their spirit right and seek to destroy them. That's what they try to do. And I'm here to tell you that that's a spirit from hell and it must go back to where it came from in order for the entire body of Christ to be blessed. The spirit, the spirit of division 
can creep up in the body of Christ so fast that you'll never see it coming. And it'll turn church families on each other. It'll turn, it'll turn departments on each other. It'll turn youth groups on each other. And it'll be a scheme to destroy revival. Not just in this church, not just in this youth group, but in your own life. He will try to destroy every ounce of revival in your life if you let a spirit of division come over you. You've got to be aware of that spirit. Do not find fault with anybody in this room. If you have fault with somebody, if you're trying to destroy somebody in this room, you need to hit an altar. You need to get it out of your spirit because we're trying to be in revival. And we can't be in revival if somebody's trying to cause division. And I'm not trying to call out anybody. I, 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 I don't think we have that problem. I'm just warning you that it can creep up so fast that you don't even see it coming. We have to constantly pray out that spirit in our lives. God, don't let me find any reason to come against Canaan. Don't let me find any reason to come against Caleb. Let me love them. Let me be on their side. Let me be a teammate. Let me want to encourage them. Amen. Amen. So, if we continue reading in verse number 5 of Daniel chapter 6, then said these men, this is the, the people trying to hurt Daniel, the, the, the quote-unquote presidents and princes, the high and mighties, the people who, who, who are trying to make something of themselves in, that, in, in the world, they said that we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Have you ever realized that the same thought process is in our world right now? Look at some of the people that you are around every day in this world. They could be doing everything wrong in the eyes of God and not think anything about it. They could be cursing. They could be drinking. They could be doing stuff on their phone. They could be doing drugs. They could be doing whatever, whatever they want to do and not think anything's wrong at all. But the moment you slip up in the moment that you say one thing wrong, in the moment that you do one little thing, they're like, ah, I got you. You messed up. Look at you. You're a failure. You did everything wrong. Ain't that the world we live in today? That's the world that we live in because, because they try to chastise you in front of everybody. The moment that you just slip up even a little bit. These other leaders with Daniel knew that they were going to have to back him in a corner and find something wrong that he was doing in his walk with God. But even when they tried to do that, they still couldn't find anything wrong. So what happens now? They devise a plan to make him look like a lawbreaker. You see, money and power have consumed these men so much that they are willing to kill Daniel if they have to, to get his position. They are, they are willing to destroy him and his family to get him out of the way. And tonight we have an adversary that would love to destroy you. He would love to ruin your walk with God and your anointing. He would love nothing more than to throw you in a den of lions. He would love to consume you with fear and doubt of your calling and with sin so much that you can't even walk right anymore because of the weight that's on you. But I'm happy to tell you tonight that that is not how the story is going to end in your life. We have a God that is before us. And we have a God who is behind us. And we have a God who's on our left and on our right. And He's protecting us from everything that could be coming against us. Amen. Amen. 
Let me keep going. Verse 6. And then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said thus unto him, King Darius, live forever. I'm a big kiss up. King Darius, your high and mightiness, live forever. We worship you. We are the people that you need to listen to right now, King Darius. Verse 7. They tell him, all the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. These people devised a plan behind the king's back. Never even included the king. They said, hey, king, hey, hey, look. So we all got together in a back room somewhere <laughs> with smoke and mirrors and we closed the doors and we decided, hey, listen, you know, you're so high and mighty and you're so great. Um, for 30 days, let's not let anybody else pray to anybody except you. And if they don't, you throw them in a den of lions. How's that sound? And they smooth-talked the king just enough to get it passed. They smooth-talked him enough, just enough to get it passed. So Daniel, over here, being the devout man of prayer that he was, continued to pray in spite of the situations around him. He never stopped. He never stopped. And I'm here to tell you tonight, if you never stop praying, and if you never stop seeking the face of God, and if you never stop worshiping, there isn't a law, there isn't a decree, there isn't a mandate that can separate you from the hands of God. I don't care what they pass out there. If you never stop, you will never be ripped away from the hands of God. If you never stop, if you never stop worshiping Him, if you never stop praying to Him, he, you will never lose. You will never lose. There isn't a decree, a law, a mandate that can separate you from the hands of God. It doesn't matter what changes in the world around us. We are going to be a people of prayer. It doesn't matter what happens around us. We're still going to have revival. We're still going to see miracles. We're still going to see growth. As long as I'm over plugged in, I don't care if I'm the only one. At 6 o'clock, we're having youth prayer. I don't care because I'm here to see a move of God. To not entertain you. I'm not here to make you feel, feel good. I'm here to see God move. Hallelujah. We cannot stop what we're doing. We have got to keep going because if we never stop, we will never lose revival. If we never stop growing as a youth group, we'll never stop seeing miracles. We'll never stop baptizing people in Jesus' name. Because revival happens when stopping ends. Revival happens when you refuse to stop. Revival happens when you refuse to stop seeing a move of God. Who else in here wants to see a move of God? I mean, come on. We've got to be willing to see and to experience a move of God. Amen. So let's jump to verse 16, same chapter. Then the king commanded and they brought Daniel and they cast him into the den of lions because he... He never stopped praying. Cast him in, into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, 
Thy God, whom thou servest continually, He will deliver thee. He didn't want to throw him in the the lion's den. He was a friend to Daniel. He was going to put Daniel over the whole realm. He had favor with Daniel. Daniel had favor with him. But yet, they, these, these, these fault finders, these people that try to destroy you, Smooth talked him enough to write a decree and the king can't go back on his word. So he has to tell Daniel, hey, listen, I'm going to have to throw you in a lion's den, Caleb, but I'm just going to believe and hope that God saves you. So he tells Daniel, he says, you know, thy God who thou serves continuously, he will deliver thee. And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of that den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, and the purpose that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Once the king sealed that stone, that was it. He had to go into that den. Let's jump to verse 21. So he's in this lion's den for a few few verses here. Verse 21 comes up, and then you know. They open the stone. The king looks in there. He sees that Daniel's just chilling. He's just in there with lions. He's, he, he's kind of petting their manes. You know, he, everything's fine. He's just, he's just hanging out with lions. How cool would that be? Then Daniel said unto un, un the king, verse 21, O king, live forever. It's kind of like he was mocking the people that, that said it first. Oh, king, live forever, blah, blah, blah. You know, we're going to kill Daniel. Okay, cool, we're going to open the stone. Daniel's like, oh, king, live forever. (laughs) Check me out. Look what God has done in my life. It's not to his own glory. It was to the glory of God. Daniel was humble enough to know, I can't shut lions' mouths, but God can. And if God can, and if God's on my side, everything's going to be okay. Verse number two. 22, Daniel tells the king, My God had sent his angel and had shut the lion's mouths, that they have not hurt me, for as much as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Then was the king exceeding glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no matter of hurt was found upon him, because he believed in his God. Verse 24, and the king commanded, and they brought those men which had accused Daniel. Here's the naysayers. Here's the fault finders. And they cast them into the den of the lions. Them, and watch this, their children and their wives. Now let me tell you something. When you get a spirit of division on you, it doesn't just affect you. It affects your family, it affects your friends, it affects everybody around you. Because when you have an ugly spirit on you, that thing's contagious. If you get something ugly inside of you, and if you're trying to speak negative about people, and if you're trying to find fault with people, that jumps to somebody beside you. It can even be in this room. It doesn't matter how much Holy Ghost you have. If you let that spirit get inside of you, it can jump around. Oh, they throw them, their children, and their wives in the lion's den. And watch this. The lions had the mastery of them. They overcame them. They took them over. And they broke all their bones into pieces. And ever or ever they came at the bottom of the den, they were never seen again. They ate them to pieces. They ate every bit of, them, of those people. 
That's what division can do. Consumes you. It destroys you. It can break things spiritually inside of you. It can destroy you. It can rip you out of the church. It can rip you out of the youth group. It can rip you out of revival. Amen. The Lord will always take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it around for your good. Every time. I don't care what you're going through. Hear me. God is going to take it and He's going to turn it around for His good. One way or another. It might not be how you want it to be. It might not be exactly how you're planning it to be. But everything is going to be for the glory of God. Everything is going to work out for the glory of God. You might not see it. When you're in the lion's den, you might not understand why you're in the place you're in. But if you never stop trusting God, you're going to realize one day that that den you were thrown into was not for your pain. And it was not for your destruction. But it was for God to demonstrate His power. Some of you have been through so many lion's den situations in your life in this room. It's crazy. But somehow, some way, you're still sitting in this room tonight worshiping God. I believe that deserves some praise to Jesus. Because you don't deserve to be here. We deserve to be in the lion's den. We deserve to be nailed to a cross. But because Jesus loved us enough to die for our sins and to pull us up from where we were, we're able to sit here free tonight. Amen. Amen. You're still here worshiping your God. No one can understand it. No one can understand why you're still here. No one can comprehend why you didn't just give up. No one can understand why you didn't just backslide. I'll tell you why you didn't. It's because you never stopped. It's because you never stopped fighting. It's because you never stopped worshiping. Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. It doesn't matter what's going on in my life. I'm going to trust God. Regardless of if I'm in a lion's den or if I'm in the king's court. God, I love you. God, I praise you. God, everything I have is yours. Regardless of where I am. That's the mindset you have to have. Don't worry about the ones who did you wrong. Don't worry about the ones who got you in the lion's den. Because God has a plan for them too. Don't worry about the people who said something wrong about you. The people who tried to find fault in you. You see, it wasn't Daniel who threw his accusers in the lion's den. All Daniel did was say, I'm never stopping. All Daniel did was say, I never stopped. I never stopped praying. I never stopped trusting God. And because of that, God took care of my enemies. I'm not worried about them. The Bible says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. God will take care of your business if you take care of His business. The Bible says vengeance is mine. God will pursue after your enemies and destroy every one of them if we continue to push and seek His kingdom above everything else every day of our lives. There's no time to seek after revenge of other people. Hear me. I know that we get frustrated with people outside of these walls. I know that we get frustrated with certain people at school who try to degrade us, who try to knock us down at work, who try to knock us down, who try to mess us up, who try to get our minds messed up. Let me tell you something. It's not our place to find vengeance. It's not our place to seek revenge. There's no place for that in our lives. If you try to take revenge in your own hands, you're just going to make everything worse. 
You're just going to stir the pot. Tell me, trust me, I've been there. I've wore the t-shirt and I've outgrown the t-shirt. Don't seek revenge against people. You're going to make it worse on yourself. Let God handle that. We're not capable of handling things the way God can handle them. But if you never stop, you'll never lose. If you never stop fighting, you'll never lose. If you never quit, you'll never stay on the ground. If you never throw in the towel, you'll never be destroyed. You'll never be destroyed. If you never stop praying, you'll never stop being blessed. It's that simple. Sometimes we love to overcomplicate God. We think we have to do a three-phase obstacle course, walk with our ankles all tied together, jump three times and spin in a, a, a circle before God can bless us. We think that we have to give up all these things before God can bless us. And it's causing our mindset towards the kingdom to be altered in ways it shouldn't be. Instead of looking at the kingdom as a, as a strong foundation and as a refuge for our souls and as a strong tower where the righteous can run to it and be safe, we now think of it as, as some kind of boot camp where there's all these rules and all these regulations and all these programs. And if you're not doing everything exactly how you're supposed to, God is not going to have any thing to do with you. We, that's how we think sometimes, but I'm here to rebuke that spirit. I'm here to rebuke that spirit. Listen to me. Every one of us in this building tonight have fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us in this room have messed up. Every one of us have done things we're not proud of and we've allowed our flesh to take over sometimes. But what makes us different than everyone else in the world is that we have something on the inside of us that rises up within us. It says, even though I fall, I shall arise again. Even though I'm not perfect. Even though I've wanted to quit. Even though I wanted to throw in the towel. I'm not going to quit because I know Jesus is on my side. I'm simply here tonight to tell you that if you never quit, you'll, you'll never lose. I don't have a fancy sermon. I just need you to understand that even though it's hard, even though it's brutal sometimes, you cannot afford to quit. You, your miracle will happen if you just stay with this thing. Your breakthrough is going to happen if you just hold on to that strong tower and hold on to this precious Word of God. You cannot lose if you do not quit. We have Paul and Silas in prison. I know I preached about it last time. Acts chapter, Acts chapter 16. I talked about it the last time I preached. Paul and Silas beaten, whipped, scarred, bloody. And Paul and Silas said we need to pray. We need to sing praises unto the Lord. They said, Lord, I thank you and I praise you. And the Bible said that when those two got together, they started singing songs. The Bible says everyone's bands were loosed and the prison doors were open. Even though that they were in a dark place, they refused to quit. They refused to throw in the towel. Even when the shackles and the chains were placed on them, they refused to stop worshiping God. And here's what I can't understand. Sometimes. I can't understand it downstairs. I can't understand it up here. Here we see Paul and Silas bloody, beaten, wounded, shackled on them. Everything's going wrong. They're in the center of a prison and they're dark. It's dark and, and they have no hope and yet they sing praises unto God. And here we are coming through this door and coming through that door and we have no shackles and we have no blood stains and we have no whips on us and yet we sit here and we love God. 
without us being involved. Come on, I think you ought to just give him 30 seconds and just thank him for who he is and just thank him for letting you walk in here. Breathe. And you're not in chains. And you're ready, and you're ready to worship him. Come on. Come on, you're not in a prison cell. You're not in a prison cell. But you're free in this place tonight. I'm closing. Let's stay standing. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. Paul says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Another translation says it like this. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. If he started a powerful work in your life, he's going to finish it. He started something powerful in my life. March 28, 2010, I got the Holy Ghost, evidence of speaking in tongues, baptized in Jesus' name. He started something in me. He started something powerful in your life. I want you to think about it right now in your mind. Where you were a year ago in God versus right now. Where were you a year ago in God versus where you are right now? I want you to think about this. Where were you before you received the Holy Ghost? And where are you now? Where are you now? You've come too far from where you were to turn back now. Yes, you have messed up. Yes, you have fallen short. But if you do not stop, you will never lose. If you don't stay down, you will never lose the fight. I want the work in my life to be completed one day. I want to walk on the streets of gold with my God one day. One day I want to lay my crown at His feet. And I want to cry holy for all eternity. I want the keys to my mansion one day. I want perfect health. I don't want any more bills. I don't want any more stress. Nothing in this world can ever take the place of what God has done in your life. It's like the old song says, I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Somebody needs to thank Him tonight. I wouldn't take nothing for my journey. I might not be where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. And for that, Jesus, I thank You for it. On behalf of Gravity Student Ministries, thank you so much for checking out today's Plugged In episode. If you're ever in the Centerpoint, Louisiana area and you want to come check out one of our services in person, we have them every Wednesday night, 7.05 p.m. in the Upstairs Youth Sanctuary at Centerpoint Pentecostal Church. We would love to have you be a part of us. In the meantime, though, hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll see you on the next Plugged In episode. See you later.